My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. A 6-3 win by the Wild tonight against the Red Wings here at the X. The Wild remains, um, as the kids like to say, a wagon right now. It's Judd. It's AJ Fredrickson. Post-game show starts now. The Wild uh, 11-3 now, AJ, under uh, John Hines. And they are now, after that win, tied with the Coyotes in points. 36 apiece. The Coyotes have one more win. Um, and more importantly, they are one point behind the St. Louis Blues and only two points behind Nashville, which are the number one and two teams in the wild card. And of course, there are eight total teams that make it. Um, the wild is still quite a distance behind the Jets who have uh, 43 points and are the third place team in the central. But nonetheless, this turnaround has absolutely been incredible. And age, I'm going to start you with this one. Where has this Marcus Johansson been? Because the guy we saw tonight is the guy they, that the Wild saw way more in the playoffs. The guy they signed to a contract, right, to keep him because he played so damn well. Two goals tonight. Perhaps more impressive than that was the assist. A great play and a great pass and a great read on on the Ryan Hartman goal. Ryan Hartman, Rossi, and Johansson look like a fantastic line here tonight. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, the star of, of the night, and, and I, honest to God, I've been, you know, Johansson now has just for point of reference four goals. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and I mean he is—he's a guy who's supposed to score some. Um, but this tonight from him was what we have expected. I think to see far more something close to this than what we've gotten. Yeah, and uh, like, like Tyler says here, is he getting red hot right now? It, it, if if he's going to keep up what we saw tonight, I will maybe give that to him. But um, the, what we saw from him tonight and the, the production and the away from the puck things I think are two different things because we really haven't for this part of the, up until maybe tonight and a couple games ago, we haven't been seeing really either of those. I'm fine with the production lagging behind a little bit, as long as he's doing the right things. And what we saw tonight was he was doing the right things away from the play, the hustle, getting to the dirty areas. And subsequently, believe it or not, when you do those things, the points and the production come Uh, just, it was a fantastic night for him. I tweeted about this, but there was um, the Hartman goal. I want to say to make it, I want to say it made it five, three, maybe it was four, three, but chances for the Red Wings in the, in the wild zone, kind of a little chaotic rebound. He comes in from the top drops down quickly, beautiful stick check, maintains possession, takes it himself basically from his own corner, sneaks past, I think it was Cider on the blue line, just muscles past him, maintains possession, kind of paces out where Rossi is. Rossi creates space. They spread out the defense. And instead of like forcing a pass or just taking that shot, looking for maybe the far uh, rebound, the kick out, he has the vision to say, hey, you know what? offensive line has three guys where's that third guy coming in ryan hartman the trailer feeds him beautiful hartman passes it uh or i guess it gets it passed i should say james reimer and beautiful goal just that that was the type of play that i think we haven't really seen from marcus johansson and maybe we've turned a blind eye um just because he hasn't done uh really he hasn't had these types of nights all too often this season this is a great start and hopefully 
the start of more to come from JoJo. And I mean, let's be let's call, call a spade a spade here. I mean, this guy's been a dead ass for a lot of th- <laughs> this year. Like he has been a colossal bust. He is not. He 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 has looked like a guy who got a contract extension after playing hard, and then basically said, "Okay, cool, I, I got my extension." Like the talent that we saw tonight, his zone entries when he cares, he's got skill like this. And and I mean, it's sort of damning that he played so well tonight because I think it's fair to to say, oh, "Okay, where's a semblance of that type of performance been?" Um, but the Hartman, Johansson, Rossi line, and particularly the wings in this case, Johansson and Hartman really clicked. You know, Hartman's the first guy to come back from the Brodeen, Spurgeon, Zuccarello, Hartman um, uh, guys for being out. Three of them, again, out tonight. But Hartman, I thought, looked damn good, too. And yes. it's it's funny, you know, the Red Wings came out, the, the Wild scored uh, 38 seconds in to the game on a Boldy goal in which Boldy and Kaprizov were basically playing uh, catch in front of, of Reimer with no wings around. And I thought, oh, my God, these guys are off the break and completely unprepared. Well, then it started and it was actually a fun first period. But there was like there was a complete lack age of defensive responsibility there. Like this is the first game off the break and it was actually fun because it wasn't a dead game but it was like both teams were were like you might want to play some defense here um but it's funny you know what the 2-2 goal so to scores on a hell of a shot on on gus right yeah to make it 2-2 on the power play with middleton in the box uh at 243 of the third you go back a month and a half or so right that goal is a death knell it's 2-2. The Wild collapses. They probably lose. Um, or it goes to OT and they lose, right? They come back at 2-2. And and so the goal was scored by Debrinket at 2-43 in the third period. At 435, Hartman scores. At 527, Felino scores. At 642, Johansson scores. Like, if you want a snapshot of the difference between this team with Dean and and this team with John Hines, there's your snapshot because they came back and and it was funny because they had chances. I, I think they had three breakaways. I think Boldy had one, Dewar had one on which they, they didn't score. They had a lot of good chances. Reimer it played well. Yeah. Yeah, but what I loved what I loved about that was to bring it scores and it's like, okay, enough. And it's like bang, bang, bang. This team's confidence is brimming. This team is playing so well. It, it is, to me, AJ, this is an unrecognizable team compared to the gong show that we were forced to watch until the coaching change was made. And I'm not fully blaming Dean. I'm just saying you talk about night and day. This is night and day. This team was stealing uh, an expression from maybe like European soccer. This team was in the mud. They were just stuck just dirty couldn't get out of the mud just you know wallowing in self-pity at times like you said that goal a month and a half ago pack it up go home may, may as well not even play the rest of the game because why why bother there's no point in trying to win at that point this new team john Hines has revitalized this group i don't know if i still don't know if it's like that guilt factor if it's like some new culture thing and maybe you have a little more on that Spurgeon and Brodeen aren't even playing this is the incredible thing the blue line I mean Bogosian to me was a jag right he was just a guy guy. he's a blocking a shot tonight he's getting a point like I I don't know where this is coming from the 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 um surge of the blue line and look 
everybody knows um, we're both huge Brock Faber guys, okay? But the surge of the blue line without two of their supposed best players and their captain, and by the way, Spurgeon was out with another in- injury suffered in the preseason against the Blackhawks in Chicago to start the season, and this team looked lost without him. This team can't lose now, and they don't have two of their best defensemen. They're goaltenders. Now, I didn't think Gus was great tonight. He, he did get beat short side on some shots. Now, some of them were nice, but he, he wasn't great. But the point is, I don't understand. I can't even get my head around defensively how much better this team looks when technically they shouldn't be. No, no, not at all. This, like, this is, and I maybe this is me getting a little too excited here, but the, def- the defensive depth that this team is going to have when everyone is eventually healthy is the type of depth that a team in the postseason wins games, you know, and we're still a long way to go from there. We're still talking about them being tied in points with the Arizona coyotes. And if you're tied with them in points, guess what? You're probably not in a playoff picture as of right now. So uh, we still got a ways to go, but this, this team is just, it, it, they have fight in them. They've like, you, you see a team and sometimes they have that aura around them. You know, in a month and a half ago, they're just lying down dead. Doesn't matter. You know, we're kicking our feet, dragging our shoes, walking into the arena for the day. These guys have that pep in their step. They they, they go out there and they're taking adversity head on. And when a game gets tied, guess what they do? Boom, boom. Now, guess what? Now we're up two. One more just for the road. Why not? Now we're up three. And granted, you mentioned that it, it wasn't the best game for Gus. And it wasn't. But the thing is, with how good he's been, since this takeover by John Hines, when he has the, you know, and I hope moving forward, the occasional bad game, you need the offense to be able to put up six goals like they did tonight, be able to just flat out, you just got to outscore the opponent. And that's what a good hockey team is able to do. This team has the fight to when they do face that adversity and maybe, you know, a couple bounces don't go their way. Oh, they take a holding penalty in the offensive zone and all of a sudden a power play goal and it's a tie game. Boo hoo. Get nope. Boom, boom, boom. You might, you might, you're, you're playing catch up the rest of the way. Um, it's, it, it's such a breath of fresh air from what we saw a month and a half ago. Again, 11 and three with John Hines, 11 and three. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Okay. Kirill Kaprizov. We're getting late, right? Three Mm -hmm. game goal scoring streak looks to be in jeopardy. Mermis takes that shot. Beautiful tip in. So, so 13 goals now. Um, that goal came at 14-15. Here's what I loved about that goal. Because it wasn't like pretty. It, it was a really nice tip, but it wasn't like a work of art, right? Mm-hmm. But here's what I absolutely loved. He stood in front and took away Reimer's eyes, and nobody did anything about it. Yep. Nobody. Like, and, and that was a great screen. And now it drives me crazy. I know you're not allowed to go blast guys now, cross-check guys, collapse their knees, which used to be what, what you did. Um, goaltenders, they, they used to whack guys. I still would. Um, but I know that there's a lot of penalties now doled out because of that. But if you're going to allow Kirill Kaprizov to take away your, your eyes, you're probably screwed. But I do have a Kirill question for you, okay? Yeah. Answer me this. So, excuse me, so... The Wild had two power plays tonight, 0 for 2. Um, and the first unit, because they didn't have to chase the puck much, was out there for almost all, if not all, of both 
power plays because if you don't have to, to go back, you know, you're not going to get gassed standing in the zone. But explain to me why Kirill isn't put into more of a position or told to shoot more. He is, and he's always looking to pass. Like tonight, he was looking to pass, pass, pass. He's not, he's not moved because he's a left-handed shot. He's not moved to the right side to be on his off wing, which I don't love. Uh, he's the bumper a lot, but he's always looking to facilitate. Why wouldn't you get Krill in a position to shoot with that shot? I, I'm just, I'm really perplexed. And we saw it on both sides. We saw both teams, and this drives me nuts, pass up opportunities to shoot from the low slot. Why are you, and the Wings did the same thing. Why are you trying to create for a teammate from the low slot? Why not just shoot it? Worst case, it's a rebound probably. Yep. And you've got, got a chance. I don't, I just don't get it. But in the Wilds case, on the power play, I want Kaprizov in a position to shoot. Yeah. If he makes a nice play here and there, that's awesome. But his main thing should not be trying to facilitate. His main thing should be scoring goals. If you have a thoroughbred, why are you keeping him locked up in the in the stables? Let him out there and run free in the fields, Judd. Do you think the Capitals have had success on the power play for the last decade and a half by having Alex Ovechkin sit, like you said, in a spot where he's supposed to facilitate? And I'm not, I don't want to compare the goal scoring prowess between Kaprizov and Ovechkin because Ovechkin is just, I mean, he eventually he's going to be the greatest of all time, in my opinion. It's, it's, I think it's inevitable it's going to happen. But Kirill Kaprizov right now, he, their power play needs to revolve solely around him and not in a, he's the quarterback creating the chance. And if there's a chance is there, then he shoots. It should be, it funnels to him. I don't care if the other team knows it's happening. Because you know what? That's gonna if they know it's gonna happen, they're gonna shadow him more. That's gonna create space for the other four guys. And if they don't cover it, he's gonna be open. Get the puck to him and let him just rifle it away. His shot is too accurate, too hard, and just it it, it it's just too good to not have him taking multiple shot attempts every single time. Um, they they're on the man advantage. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, it, it's it, I'm sure there's some sort of plan there but why it you're you're right why why are you relying on him to kind of do the best of both worlds it's it's a two-minute advantage for a reason you know it's limited time so for that limited time i want him to do what he's supposed to do which is put the puck to twine get him in a spot where he's going to take a one-timer or just get to a high opportunity zone and just take a shot because when the puck gets down to that low chance low slot area that that's like making a pizza and then it looks golden brown and it's crisp and the cheese is bubbling and you know no i'm gonna leave it in the oven for a couple more minutes and then you pull down the oven door and everything's burnt to hell the pizza looks good take it out shoot the puck in the low slot it I don't turn up that chance yeah and i mean he's gotten chances too and look if, if there's a pass that's fine but i felt like tonight he, he was trying to pass it too much he, he was looking to pass first on the, the power play now that being said he did have uh, six shots on goal um ryan hartman had four shots marcus johansson had three shots so that's good news let's play a little game yeah how much time do you think brock faber spent on the ice tonight and i will say it was again not surprisingly a team high a team high. I feel surprisingly you say that. I feel like he was on the ice less tonight than what we've had in recent times. I'm gonna say if you if I had to put it within like a minute, somewhere between like 27 and 28 minutes. You're very close. 25 55. 
Wow. Who gave him a night off, Judd? Is that allowed? 25-55. Yes, he took it easy. Man. He's going to be ready to go again tomorrow. They don't even play tomorrow. He's ready to go. Three block shots, too. Three block shots. Uh, he's just by, an animal. By the way, that's my captain. Really? In a couple I, of years, he's my captain. I'm. I'm. You know what? Krill, who I thought I would probably name captain, I think can wear an A for sure. Um, but that this kid is this this kid has captain, leader, dominant guy written all over him. Uh, yeah. Uh, go go back to the last comment about Marcus Foligno because. That one was interesting. If you can find it, he's playing his best hockey as a wild player. Now I know I don't know that he is because a couple of years ago, when he went on that ridiculous heater where his shooting percentage was unbelievable and by the way unrepeatable, that's probably his best. But I loved his goal. I loved his goal for for there two things about that goal, and that was the goal scored in the third period to make it four two. The first thing was Jake Middleton shot the puck. Didn't try and pass it around. He shot, created a rebound, right? Felino, though, paid the price to score. That's yeah. a playoff goal. Yeah. That's what I want. That's a playoff type of goal. You know, you shoot, you create a rebound. The winger knows he's probably going to get wiped out at some point in time, but he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, which was uh, his fifth goal of the season for Felino, that's the type of goal that I want because you pay a price there, but that you know but it's a sustainable way to play if you will pay the price which which Felino 100% will but that was the type of goal that I think that you can score in the spring it's not pretty but but it's smart it gets the puck to the net it creates a rebound and and you know ultimately Felino dives there and scores I love that goal yeah I mean that's and that's the type of hockey I think Marcus Felino is going to like extend his career on like that is that is the player who he is he's not like he's not the guy we saw a couple years ago where he was leading the league in shooting percentage that like that's just not feasible that was an insane amount that was a once in a blue moon season and i'm happy it happened for him you know you you could say that there's maybe not a better guy like in the locker room to have that happen for but um that goal is the epitome of like marcus felino brand of hockey tough strong gritty I'm going to sacrifice for the team. If they need me to bleed, I'm going to bleed. If they need to lunge out and put this puck like just a little bit closer, even if I just influence the play a little bit, that's what I'm going to do. He knew he knows he's probably going to get on the, the bad end of that deal, but he scores the goal. It doesn't matter if you wind up with a bruise tomorrow. Oh, he doesn't care. The the he does not care. That's the type of hockey he wants to play. Like he craves that, that contact and you know, that reward for it's leading by example. And that's exactly what he needs to do, especially when he's wearing the A. The the Rossi Johansson Hartman line, by the way, all all a plus three, all a plus three. So they had a great night. That line looked good. I loved I loved their work, and I think it's a really nice mixture with Rossi and and Johansson of some skill. And no one's ever questioned Hartman works his ass off, mm-hmm. so that works out well. Uh, Jeremy says Kirill Brock and Eck for the C's and A's. Um, yeah, I just I think in a couple of years it's going to be Brock. I, I I mean he controls the locker room already and and he's around constantly in answering questions. And look, I mean players can duck in back or not, but Brock's just the Brock's the type of guy who at the age of twenty one is ta- is tackling those responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean that is uh, 
you know, I, I think guys like Eck and Spurgeon, probably Felino, they are they are definite heart and soul guys. Uh, but Faber at 21 is doing things that guys who are 25 do. So that's what impresses me. Um, I do want to say this, and, yeah. and it's, pro- it's probably sacrilege on a wild podcast, but I want to say I'm glad Patrick Kane is back. And Patrick Kane, who scored a goal, um, with that hip service uh, replacement surgery, or it's not, it's not a replacement, but it's a very, it's a very delicate uh, hip procedure that a few guys have had and have not come back, had to retire pretty quickly. Patrick Kane looks damn good, and the NHL is a better place with Patrick Kane. I mean, watching yeah. him play, man, and he's sort of back to that guy that sort of like is on the edges and then makes plays, and he makes it look, he he's got that hunched over style of skating and he makes it look simple and, and it's not um i'm glad to see him back yeah and i i you know i tweeted i think in just after he scored like retire i obviously i don't want to like that is i i don't think there's a debate at this point like the greatest american-born nhler of all time he's just so smooth on the puck everything he does and to see him like back to that form of like He's out there and like he knows he's better and more skilled than everybody else on the ice. And he he's going to show it off a little bit before doing what he needs to do. The The shooting was there. He still has this has the handles, the passing. You saw the, the, the dish. He was I mean, he looked like he was force feeding Alex to tonight. And granted, he probably should. That's that's how he's going to get a lot of those assists on the year. So um, he he's just so smooth. It's fun to watch him. I just wish that he didn't have to spend the majority of of his career in Chicago. And then it's, you know, just like I mentioned again, on our last show, why is he got to turn it up to a different level against the wild? It seems like every night it just fires him up. I don't know what it is. I'm sick of it. Uh, Do it, do it against the Rangers, do it against, uh, do it against the Penguins, do it against the Jets, help out the wild. Oh, he did too. Yeah. He did too. But, oh God, it's, he's in the East now. Yeah, yeah, stay over there. Now you're fine. You've never looked better in Red Patrick. I'll tell you that much. So, um, the, so with this game done, the Wild gets a couple of days off. They will play the Jets in back-to-back matinee games in Winnipeg on Saturday, and then here on Sunday. How much of an indication do you think that those two back-to-backs are going to give us? Because the Jets, as I talked about at the top of the show, are in the third place, are, are the, the third place team in the Central. The Wild is sniffing around a wild card now uh but that jets team has played well and that jets team which was just a mess at the end of of last season is actually gotten its act together um i, I think their goaltending has been incredibly uh, solid um shifley's playing pretty well now i think so w- what's your opinion about what these two games are going to mean as far as, as a measuring stick against a team that has about eight point lead on you in the division but that being said um, you're definitely have turned things around enough that it should be extremely competitive. Yeah. The, these next two games, and I love a little home and home action like that. You know, it, it reminds me of college hockey in a sense. Um, but going up to Winnipeg, I want to say that game is Saturday and then there's Sunday, New Year's Eve at home. It's here at, at one o'clock. They're both afternoon games. Beautiful. Um, that That's going to be like the real test to this whole turnaround if this 11 and three record is for real and granted they they've beat the the Boston Bruins twice in that stretch. They played uh, they've played some pretty good teams during that stretch as well, but th- this is going to be like the, you, you need these points. You can't, uh, you know, go to overtime 
and say, you know what? Well, we got our point and, uh, you know, they might've got one too, but that's all right. You know, these are points where you got to win it in regulation because that's how you're going to make up this ground that you have pretty much started. You, you, you force yourself to be playing behind here the entire season with that start to the year. So the, it's a huge swing. If you can get two regulation wins, I'm fully back. You know, this team, you said wagon, the wagon and then some, you know, give me on the Oregon trail. We'll head out. I don't care. I like um, the jets were a team preseason, especially after their, their moves to keep home Shifley. And I want to say Hellebuck with those extensions. Like yep. that's a team yeah. that's serious. They're, they, they are serious about trying to be successful. Um, the Winnipeg fan base, like it's, it's a smaller market for uh, for in Canadian aspect, but they are loons up there, just lunatics about their team. So they th- that's a team and a fran- fan base that like they deserve that success, and now they're taking it seriously. If the Wild can go into Winnipeg and get a win, come home, granted maybe maybe they go to overtime one night and they win in overtime or they win in a shootout. You got to get points this weekend, and if you can really like show these dominant performances and have competitive you. What we saw tonight, you know, you take a lead, you give it up, and now you're fighting back and you extend that lead with two quick goals or something like that. You battle back. That's going to tell me this team is to be taken seriously and they're not going to let you down here as they try to continue to push for that playoff picture. I think it's realistic to talk about three points, right? I, I think it's if, if you could get, um, you, you know, it might go to OT or shootout, but if you can get um, at least a point on Saturday, and then a regulation win here. I think that that is a, a doable goal. Yes. What I'm curious about from the Wilds' perspective is this, the goaltending. I'm guessing you get Gus on Saturday against the Jets up there and Flurry here on Sunday because it's very, very clear that, that Gus is the guy, right? Like, I mean, that, that, that's been as good a story as, as the whole flower storyline is, and he's playing great right now. Um, Hines has made it extremely clear that he's going to ride Gustafson as much as possible. So I'm guessing that Gustafson gets the road game on Saturday and that Fleury gets the game back here. But I think a three-point weekend is doable. And you're right. That's the thing, though. These points, like like you can say, well, I mean, it's just around Christmas time. Well, it's getting late quickly. And, and if nothing else, you want to get into and solidify a wild card spot as soon as possible. Because, you know, Keep in mind the history of this entire thing, being out of a playoff spot at Thanksgiving, being out, out of a playoff spot at Christmas, those are very, very tough odds. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's my humble opinion that you want three points and you want to at least push the playoff spot to get there, to grab that. Now, if you can get to third eventually, which, I mean, it's doable, that would be great. He has to be on trying to get points, especially in your conference, but trying to get points to get into one of those two wild card spots. And, and I mean, this team is playing well enough right now to do exactly that. But I think it's, I think it's realistic to ask for three points. I wonder, I wonder if a split would, would disappoint them. I don't know, but you have a good point because then you're giving up more points in your conference. And that's where like the Calgary game and the Canucks game here. That, that that the Wild did win them. But in both cases, if I'm not mistaken, they either went to OT or shootouts. I think yeah. they both went to shootouts. And so you get a point, but they get a point too. So like you are going to have to, at some point in time, just start to get two points straight and not give up a point. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think like, I think three points out of this weekend is 
the that's the floor for like just happy. If you get two, it depends on how you got those two. Because if it's two like overtime losses, shootout losses, and they get four points out of that, well, you know who cares. Uh, but if you go and you know you lose on some, you, you, it's a hard fought game it, up in Winnipeg, whatever. You lose in regulation, but then you come back home the next day. You turn things around. You win like four to one. I can be a, I can see the upside in that. You know, you respond and everything. But I, I think three points is like my that was a successful weekend. You've made a decent enough ground. Um, one of those I think would need to be a regulation win just to have that two point jump because it, it that's what that's what this comes down to is you have to be making significant progress. You can only take these small little chips away before you have to really take a big smack out of a lead. And so with four potential points to make up on the line this weekend against the team in your division, you have to have, I think, three of those. And that's my floor for like happiness. Matt asked if, if there's an update on a Spurge's timeline to come back. Um, our friend Jesse Pierce, who does a great job covering the team for the league website, reported that Spurgeon and Zuccarello are skating. Brodine is still not. And Brodine, I think, is going to be. So he, he's going to be sometime still. But um, I think Spurgeon is getting close, although I don't ex- I don't exactly know what's wrong. Um, Brodine, they're saying upper body, but it was, I think, one a broken hand or wrist or something like that. Yeah. Spurgeon, we don't know. It's being described as lower body he got hurt against seattle and zuccarello um is also back skating hartman came back so i think what we're going to see is spurgeon and zuccarello come back next brodine eventually but again i'll say it um the way that this team has played defensively the way that faber has played and and i'll tell you one thing age when spurgeon comes back and heck brodine eventually i'm not breaking up faber and and middleton unless they start struggling together. They've been great. Jake's been great. Yeah. Brock's been unbelievable, um, which could mean a pairing of of Spurge Spurge and Brody, which, you know, okay, I'll take that. That's not bad. Um, But, I mean, they have stumbled upon, through sheer accident, stumbled upon a pairing that definitely works. And, And, you know, keep in mind, too, any pairing Faber's on is your top one right now. Yeah, yeah, that, I know that I, might sound weird, but it's true. He is your top defenseman. Yes, I agree. Um, th- like this pairing is more of a, it kind of just fell into their lap. You almost got forced to do it, and all of a sudden, it's like putting the last two kids, you know, in a in a in a dance hall together, and all of a sudden they break out this beautiful tango. You know, they they're dancing together and they're doing the job just fine. Uh, that pairing has been working tremendously. Um, and I don't see a reason why when everything is healthy, why you would break it up. Um, having Brodeen and Spurgeon come back, put them together. They're more than familiar with each other. They should be able to work together just fine. And I think when you have those two top pairings, that is an unbelievable rotation for your top four. Having that, being able to go out and line match, just for a full 60 minutes, and granted, then you're going to have probably, you know, Golgoski. Bogosian, you know, Bogosian and whoever at this point. Merrill, yeah. Yeah, Merrill. I don't know. But you're going to be able to hide. Mermis, play Mermis. I like him. I do, too. He had a huge hit on Fabry today. That was a booming hit. You know what he can do? He can keep up. My biggest complaint about Goose and Merrill is they cannot keep up consistently. Um, Mermis can. 
I would play him. Heck, I'd play Hunt too. I'll take anyone who's got the speed to keep up because today's game is predicated on speed. Yeah, yeah. I if you're I would rather have you get beat when your body is on enough like on the puck carrier rather than you maybe have the skill, but you just can't make up the ground to like make that skill. Sure, you you have the defensive stick and everything, but you're 10 feet away and you can't reach them. So what's the what's the matter? Um, yeah, I'd, whoever really can keep up with whatever game. And that's where John Hines, I'm going to p- put, you know, faith in his hands to where he's going to strategize and say, all right. And granted, it, at that point, it's really only one guy that you need to decide on. But it's important that that guy isn't a, a liability that's big enough to where he's costing you every time he's on the ice. So just recognize the matchup at hand and make the right decision. It's important that he compliments Bogosian. That's my thing. And and I think speed is that. I, I think speed, look, Merrill and Goligoski have been around a long time, but to your point, if you're chasing plays, guess what? You're not helping out. Mm-hmm. All right, sir, we are done again. The Wild win 6-3 tonight against the Red Wings. If you recall the last time that these two teams played in Detroit, it turned out to be Dean's last game. Yes. The Wild was a complete mess. They were a cluster bleep. Nothing was going right. And now, after tonight's win, 11-3 and three and uh, very close to a playoff spot. As always, appreciate you uh, tuning into Judd's Hockey Show. Subscribe to all of that good Score North stuff. Um, support our sponsors. Uh, hit the like button. I don't know what else, but, you know, just keep doing things for us. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you again soon. He's AJ. I'm Judd. See you later.